0: Welcome back to the Middle Tech Podcast. My name is Nate Tomaso, coming at you live from downtown Lexington, Kentucky, with my co-host, Evan Knowles. What up? Do you have a
1: good derby, man? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, me too. We're going to talk about technology and the derby this episode, how even the most of traditional industries like horse racing is getting involved with tech. Let's do it. Welcome back to the Middle Tech Podcast, guys. My name is Nate Ants Tomaso. I'm here with Evan. What's going on? Thanks for tuning in, guys. Um, What day is it? It's Sunday right now. It's Sunday evening. We're recording. Yesterday was the Kentucky Derby, the 144th Derby, I think. Um, So we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about technology and the Derby. Um, it's a pretty timely topic right now, and, you know, focusing on Kentucky, I feel like we have to talk about yeah, we're it. we're
1: definitely obligated to talk about it, <laughs> no, no question. Did
0: you have any mint juleps yesterday?
1: I didn't. You did I was talking to family. Yeah. At our house.
0: I had one, I was at Keeneland, uh, for the race, and we were having, uh, we were having beer and wine, and I had to order a julep, yeah. because I felt like that's the only day you can have it. Yeah. It's not acceptable to have a julep any other day. You got to. You ever been to the bar and ordered a julep?
1: Uh, I've had,
0: no I have not, uh, but they're pretty good, I mean I like them I do like them, but it's just like, I feel like that's such a Kentucky staple And yet nobody drinks it except for one day out of the year I don't see people ordering them no. at the parks <laughs> It's like one of those fake stereotypes about Kentucky um, But we're going to get into that first before we really dive into um, the show We just want to remind you to follow us on social media It's at middle tech Pod. Um, and share this with your friends. Uh, every episode, we're we're keeping track of the numbers. We're growing every single episode getting more listeners, so we appreciate you guys tuning in, and we appreciate you sharing it. Keep sharing it. Give it a five-star rating on the uh, on the podcast uh, app or wherever you listen. That helps spread, helps us move us up the rankings. Um, we really want to build this out and get as many people hearing about technology in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and beyond as we can. Uh, so help us out with that. And once again, if you have any questions or comments or topics, you can email us too. That is middletechpodcast.com at gmail.com. Uh, so that's how you, you guys can get involved, and we're looking forward um, to getting that involved here on the show. Um, so the last two episodes, before we kind of
1: dive into this one, last two episodes we've had a guest. Yeah. It's been a while since it's the two of us have talked. Yeah. Got Warren Nash, mm-hmm. heads up. A lot of the entrepreneurship initiatives here in uh, Lexington does a great job at the University of Kentucky, uh, building out their entrepreneurship program, and Venture yeah. Studio, helping uh you know the students build their ideas into mm-hmm. into companies.
0: I really like the way that he wrapped up that episode when I was going back and editing it. Um you know, he kind of tied it all up by just saying the the infrastructure of the entrepreneurship um and I don't want to say industry, but the entrepreneurship community is here and everything that the area needs to thrive is here. Um, people don't access it or don't know how to access it though. So that's Obviously, partly while we're doing the show, but it's also good to see people in their own ways taking what's there and, and yeah. bringing light to it.
1: Yeah. No, he's working really hard, and I hope the university has given him all the support he needs, because whether the university knows it or not, entrepreneurship needs to be one of their major focuses going forward. Mm-hmm. We we could talk about that every episode all day.
0: Um, and then the the next episode, we had Rick Painter of Shop Local Kentucky. That was an awesome episode talking about um, personal branding and stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. He's a very smart guy who's built a great brand that everybody knows in Kentucky. Mm -hmm. And he did it through Facebook advertising.
0: That actually surprised me that that was his main driver. I mean, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know that going into it that he basically, he built the business off off of Facebook
1: ads. Yeah, Instagram and Facebook ads.
0: And his his personal brand, while super important, um, it's almost secondary just to that ad. Network that he's built on yeah. Facebook.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're running a business and you do any kind of online sales, and you have to be familiar with Facebook ads, I and mean, he's probably you know more familiar than you know the, a lot of people in Kentucky. I'm sure I, he, I can't I think of many people that would know more than he does. He has a whole program of A/B
0: testing and and all kinds of stuff. Or de- I bet it's dependent on the the topic of the shirt, yeah. the time of day it's released, whatever. I'm sure he's got everything down there. That's really cool. Just imagining how he's built that out. Yeah. Really cool guy. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, so those were our last two episodes, and then today it's just us talking. Before we uh, get into the Derby, I just kind of wanted to give everybody an update about my life personally. Bless you. (laughs) Thank you. So I know when we started this um, in that first episode, and even up to just a couple episodes ago, um, we talked about how... Um, both Evan and I worked at Fuji, um, and it's great to be involved in the tech industry in Kentucky, um, and we want to talk about it. Um, Evan is still at Fuji, but I currently uh, no longer work there. I'm currently working on my own project now, which I'm super excited about. Um, it's called Away Game. It's going to be a mobile app for data-driven travel itineraries based on user preferences. Um, so we talk you know, every episode just about entrepreneurship in Kentucky, and and I'm kind of taking the leap into that myself, yeah. so it's really cool. I'm I feel like I'm going to start approaching these subjects from a different mindset of somebody who's trying to figure it out for themselves as well, you know.
1: Yeah, we don't want to just talk about it. We want to definitely do it as well.
0: Yeah, and I'm doing it now. As scary as that is, I, <laughs> I'm doing it. So I, I'm really excited to have that. Um, and you know, I wrote a blog post about it, um, and I posted it to my social media um, when I would. I guess told the world about what I was doing. <laughs> um, and, and I said on there, like it's, it's scary and I'm scared and I'm almost in a way a little self-conscious about it. Um, but the community that's here is great. So I feel like I'm kind of taking a two pronged approach and doing my own thing and then getting on here in talking about the that community that I'm part of. Yeah. Um, so I think it's going to be cool. a really fulfilling chapter in my life and I'm yeah. excited for it.
1: Well, tell us, uh, Tell us about it. How would, you know, if I'm using your app, what, what would the experience be like?
0: Yeah, so um, so once again, it's called Away Game. Um, it's focused on sports travel to start, but eventually we do want to expand into all travel. Um, but the idea is you're going to get on there uh, and you're going to tell it your preferences for the types of dining experiences you like, types of daytime experiences, hiking, shopping, museums, whatever it is. Um, if you like nightlife, what kind of nightlife you like. Um, and then obviously where you're going, and then since it's focused on um, sports at first, the game that you're going to. um, And it will use your preferences to pull from our data partners to give you a fully scheduled itinerary for the time that you're at your destination. Um, So it's going to be a great scheduling app um, to make sure that you get the best trip possible. Um, And then as we build it out and get deeper integrations, we want to be able to become an all-in-one technology platform for your travel so you can give it your preferences for everything um and it's going to return you every single piece of information booking reservation whatever for your trip um and just be an all-in-one platform to make sure that you have the best travel experience possible that's sweet yeah we're really excited about it um i the travel industry is huge obviously the sports travel industry even of itself is really big um it's grown by about a billion dollars a year so we're excited to get starting on it uh get started on it um And I'm super pumped about my team, too. I have a a CTO, my chief technology officer, is named Michael Fioretti. Um, He has experience with seed stage startups. Um, This is his first time kind of in a a managerial engineering role. Um, I'm really pumped to see how his leadership skills grow along with his uh, technical skills. Um, And then, you know, as part of that engineering team, the other piece is Blake Swadner. He actually still goes to UK. He's going to be a senior this coming year. Um, he is an iOS engineer for CBS, uh, through CBS Interactive, um, in Louisville. And he also built, uh, UK's Dance Blue application. Um, the, um, the Dance Marathon, um, has about a thousand people per year involved. Um, so he kind of championed their new app from the idea all the way to creation and publishing. Um, so he has a lot of kind of robust experience with iOS development, um, So I'm pumped to to be bringing them on board, and I feel like I'm saying I'm excited a lot, but that really is the emotion (laughs) that I'm feeling towards it. We're just we're figuring out as we go, and we're we're building, and so it's
1: it's scary and exciting. Yeah, it's gonna be an awesome learning experience. I mean, just for you and. You know, we'll have to keep talking about it every episode and hear the mm-hmm. progress and, and you know, teach the listeners what it's like to start a company.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean I don't want this this show to become a sales pitch for a way game, but it's definitely you know, it's part of the experience of being an entrepreneur. So I think I think that these two projects kinda go hand in hand, um, like I said. So we'll see how they both move forward, you know. Yeah, for sure. It's gonna be cool. Yeah. All right, um, so let's talk about what we've teased this entire time: uh, technology and the Derby. So the Derby was yesterday. Uh, Justify won. It's uh, that was the favorite by far. Yeah, great horse. Uh-huh. Everybody though like, so I think I I should know the stat, but I think it was like the last five or ten years the favorite has won. Um, but for some reason every or for some reason this year, Justify was the favorite, but like every handicapper was saying, no, don't bet Justify. It's not going to win. Not going to win. And it won, of course. Yeah. I mean, Bob
1: Baffert, he did uh, American Pharaoh. Yeah, too. his trainer, that, yeah. American
0: Pharaoh. I think he had two other horses in this derby, too. Yeah. It's crazy when you break the horses down by their trainers in the big races. There's like four or five trainers that yeah. just have the entire field. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, it's such a really cool industry. Uh, I actually interned at Keeneland a couple of years ago. Um, so I had... So you probably w- know a lot more than I do. Yes and no. I mean, I was doing marketing and stuff, so I was more focused on that than the actual industry. Um, but it's just really cool. It's a much smaller insider group than you would imagine for something that commands such big events like the Derby. Yeah. Um, that, that's something I really realized when I was there. Um, so regardless, you know, justify one, Bob Baffert, once again, wins a Derby. Uh, it was the rainiest Derby in uh, in history and 157,813 people attended, which made it the eighth biggest Derby, um, in history, despite it being the rainiest, I'm sure a lot of the
1: other derbies were bigger because the infield was probably filled more than yeah. usual. I'm sure the rain kept some people going to the infield. Oh, that would be the first thing that you would stop, um, is being in the infield. Have you ever been in the infield? for derby? I have. I've been yeah. for, not for the derby, for Oaks. It's pretty similar. Yeah. Uh, and I went on a rainy day and it was uh, disgusting. Mm-hmm. People it gets, rolling it's just around a mud, for... mud. <laughs> Rolling around? <laughs> there are people fighting in the mud. And you know, like St. Max and Trinity... Uh, and Oaks Day is pretty big for both those schools, so yeah, uh, they go there and there's always a fight. Yeah, every time there's people fighting in the mud. I think I've seen like a those videos, videos. Yeah, of people I mean, those videos mud- that have gone viral X and Trina guys yeah, fighting,
0: just like pink plaid
1: and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Vineyard vines. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's very <laughs> stereotypical. Do people like skip school for that? Uh, I don't. I think so. Yeah, yeah, it's a big. We skip have thing. yeah, we have uh, Oaks off, and you have it off. I think so. Yeah, if I remember correctly. I guess, the whole day off, yeah. I guess that makes sense because it's, I mean, it's a Louisville. big holiday for mobile,
0: yeah. That's so crazy, <laughs> that's really funny. Um, so technology that's what this podcast is about. Um, so let's just kind of go through some different it's stuff just, that yeah, we have recently. And...
1: Um, I guess let's start with the AI, that was re- something really cool that I looked into. I mean, AI can apply to just about anything, but they're applying it to mm-hmm. uh, horse bedding. was one of the main things we saw it apply to, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the swarm technology. Uh, so did you look into uni- Unanimous AI much? Yeah, I looked a little bit into them.
0: Um, what I found was the first time they, it's, it's just an AI company, yeah. they're, they're building neural networks and um, artificial intelligence, um, and they decided to apply that to the Derby. Kind of had
1: a little different approach to how they do it.
0: Yeah, do you want to explain that?
1: Yeah, so they use uh, swarm technology, which basically they took away from nature. You know, you see these videos of, you know, fish in these schools, you know, following each other. It looks like it's all planned out. That's a swarm. Bees Mm -hmm. uh, swarm, birds swarm. And so basically, the idea is you take a group of people and you apply kind of the same idea where you give them a problem to solve Mm -hmm. and they're all connected to. Uh, this AI, and so based on their decisions and the way they worked collect- collectively, gives the AI its its intelligence. But they don't have to be solving the problem at the exact
0: same time, correct? That I don't know. From what from what I was
1: reading, um, actually, they might. They you'd think so because it's real time. They use real time data and yeah. give the real time data to the people. Now that we're going solving through it, I problem. think they do. Yeah, yeah. So I think I'm pretty sure it's you know real time. But the whole idea is it's just a group of people uh, applying their knowledge simultaneously to a problem, Mm -hmm. and the AI uses their different inputs to come up with a solution. And confidence levels for
0: those solutions and everything. Yeah, what it makes sense now that I'm thinking through it, um, that it was at the same time. I believe they... So let's go through. In in 2016, they used their technology um, to bet on the derby, and the the Swarm AI came up with a Superfecta, which is the top four horses. They got it, right? And the yep, it's the Superfecta's top four horses in the exact order. It's not a box. It's yeah. one, two, three, four in that order. Um and they placed a twenty dollar bet on that Superfecta and it hit and they won ten thousand dollars. Wow. Um just off of what the AI came up with. Um so that was a huge news story back in twenty sixteen and it I think excited some people, scared some people because technology's coming to kill us and it scared some people in the horse industry because they can, we can if, bet on something that yeah because is that going to destroy yeah. their their industry um but so in 2017 i think churchill made the right move and they decided churchill downs um where the derby is held decided to embrace it um and they kind of had a you know they did an official partnership with twin spires which is their betting arm um, mm-hmm. it's a website and an app and you can bet both on churchill races and other races um but i don't think it hit um but they did a big um kind of explainer of how it worked and they had 12 of the be- <coughs> the best handicappers um the people who bet on horses yeah. professionally they had 12 of them do that swarm technology um and reading through it and thinking of it happening at the same time now makes sense i believe they had like a minute um for each horse to to bet on which place it was going it was going to be mm. um but that's just so interesting how you could take someone's computer input and translate it to the like of physical movements
1: of like a fish swarm or a bird yeah. swarm. Yeah. It's just the idea of, you know, different, uh, groups of people, uh, whether it's, you know, a hundred people or 50 people mm-hmm. simultaneously communicating to each other and sharing their thoughts and, and collectively quickly getting to an idea. And the AI takes all that and, you know, produces a result. Yeah. So it's yeah. really interesting. And it, it actually didn't, End up being correct this year, right? In
0: 2017, no, they didn't, uh, they didn't or get 2017 anything. 2017, it wasn't correct. What yeah, about this so year? last year. I don't think they did it this year. Cause I, I, when I was doing my research, I didn't find it anywhere. I searched by date and everything. So my guess is they put a lot into it last year, and it didn't win. Huh. Um, but I did find this year another thing called AIHorseRacing.com, which I guess bets on a bunch of races with AI um it did it does a bunch of predictions for each race and it predicted a bunch for the derby um and a lot of them were wrong but it did do an exacta which is first and second in the correct order and it did get that correct um which would have been a really big payout interesting um had you bet that yeah um but that i think kind of opens a larger conversation which i hinted on earlier some people in the industry were scared of it there's i mean there's so many companies and. and just built up on this idea of horse racing and the odds and and selling yeah. it to people. I mean, how is that? In,
1: how is that impacted when yeah. a computer comes in and, and solves it? I think there's too much chance involved in something like horse racing for a computer to really disrupt the betting industry. Is there too much chance if we have so much historical data? I mean, it'll have a better shot of guessing the right picks than a human, mm-hmm. but there's still too much chance for it to be correct every time. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, not going to be right track, it, I mean, it's going to take into effect the track conditions. Uh, you know, there you were a few horses... That yeah, there were a few horses that never raced on, uh, you know, on that, that track dirt. condition. Yeah. Uh, some of them, you know, have, obviously. I mean, there's so much data to go into it. It would be able to predict better than a human. But again, there's so much chance it goes into it because you don't know if, you know, one of the horses hits uneven soil in the middle of the race. Yeah. Gets hit.
0: I mean, there's extreme circumstances yeah. that
1: it'll never be able to solve for. Um,
0: but I just think... It's, it's, I think maybe this is a, a stupid comparison, but I'm thinking how like the stock market used to be people on the floor raising their hands and mm-hmm. they had the signals and it was human trading. Yeah, now it's all. Now everything, everything's an algorithm. Yeah. Uh, and that's completely changed how the stock market works. Um, once we have computers betting against computers on horse racing, is that going to change odds? Is that going to change your access to specific bets? Just like it's change your access to specific prices on the market. Um
1: um, I think there's more apparent patterns in the stock market than horse racing. I mean, I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but I think you're a probably lot, right. There, are, there's a lot more transactions. There's a lot more patterns to be recognized. Yeah, on the stock market. Um, so I think that there's a little bit of a difference, but I see where you're going with that because you know, I, personally, I think you know, investing in stocks and trading stocks is just you're an educated gambler.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: yeah. I mean, horse racing is the same way, but again, there's so many outliers in horse racing that leave it up to chance. Like again, a horse could bump into another one and make it, you know, flip out and not finish the way it normally would have. So mm-hmm. just like or basketball gambling. Or yeah. football gambling. I mean there's just so many different things that could happen in the middle of the match or the race or the game that mm-hmm. an AI can't in real time, you know, predict yeah, that. That's true.
0: Yeah. And I mean no one will ever be or nothing, not a person. No, uh neural net will ever be 100% correct. Um I just think it'll be cool to see how the industry evolves and probably <clears throat> gambling as a whole. Yeah. how that involves once we start adding computers to it. Yeah,
1: I mean, and you know, something we're about to talk about is, you know, wearables. You know, if you start connecting the horses to wearables mm-hmm. and then feed that into the AI. Yeah. And their progression and the way they, you know, race. Then it'd probably just be even more accurate. Yeah. Because all imagine AI, you can feed that live. Yeah. I mean, AI. Yeah. That's exactly right. Because yeah. AI is nothing but consuming data, recognizing patterns, and then outputting, you know, an answer. Yeah. Um, well, well, let's get into that. The wearables. You you've done some research into that. Yeah. I mean, it's just like humans. You know, everybody's got Fitbits or uh, Apple Watches or some kind of other smart device that tracks, you know, your heart rate, how fast you're moving, how many steps you've taken, mm-hmm. how long you've walked. They're applying that technology to horses, uh, which yeah. makes a ton of sense when you're training a horse. You need to see how it's progressing, how much faster it's getting, how much time uh, it's improving every time it you know, runs the track. Yeah. Uh, so it makes a ton of sense. I mean, they've been doing it for a while now, uh, but that technology is improving. Basically, they just put it into the saddle. Yeah. So there's a saddle blanket underneath the saddle. Mm-hmm. There's a wearable in there uh, that they hook up uh, Tracks their heart rate yep. and movement and everything. Exactly.
0: I know that's how. Like when when we go to Keeneland, when there's a there's a little animation of the horses yeah. um, when they're on the far side and you can't see them. That's how they do that animation. It's just the physical location of those tracking devices in their saddle blankets. Huh. Um, so that's the the consumer side of it. But I'm sure they just have so many analytics yeah. on the
1: trainer side. Yeah, and I mean trainers are using it to keep the animals, you know, even healthier. You know, they yeah. can recognize patterns that you couldn't before. Uh, for instance, if you know it's running a track and uh, all of a sudden you see its heart rate spike or uh, it gets an injured leg, you'd be able to tell immediately mm-hmm. in real time data uh, what's happening because it's wearing that device. Yeah. So it's keeping the horses safe uh, and preventing you know injuries because they're able to see what's going on in real time and make sure that they're not you know overworking a horse. Yeah. Or if a horse might be sick, mm-hmm. uh, they can you know see it based on the heart rate and some other conditions. Yeah. So I mean, it's definitely helping the horses as well, not just trainers and uh, the consumers and their experience
0: yeah for sure I I think it's interesting though going back to how we were talking about you know trainers and how there's some that are just uber successful I'm sure at least part of that success comes from accurate and effective usage of these new technologies yeah Um, and how these trainers who mostly are are older and have been doing it for a while how they've adapted to technology I'm
1: sure you could do a whole case study on that in and of itself yeah I mean, those trainers, they, they know the horses so well uh, that, you know, giving them a technology, uh, they probably loved it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Do you think, this is similar to asking about um, AI, do you think the, the relationship between a horse and its trainer, the horse and its owner, and the owner having the intuition for which horse they should buy, which horse is going to be successful, do you think technology can
1: ever change that as well and absolutely just... i think it's going to make it a lot better there's going to be a lot more transparency into these horses their performance uh which you know helps the market you know if mm-hmm. you're making more educated decisions on the horses you're buying their entire lineage because it's all tracked with data yeah you're making better buying decisions and that in turn you know breeds the horses in a, in a way that you know improves their yeah you know lineage and how they're bred that's
0: going to be a big one um all this data, um, you know, whether it's from the wearables or it's their lineage or it's <laughs> who bought them, where they were, how they traveled, where they traveled, all that, all that can impact a race, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think the accessibility of this data and the the way it's stored is going to transform the industry as well. Um, I mean,
1: data changes everything. Yeah, you know, you'll I mean, be able to tell, funny. like, for instance, let's say uh, there's two horses. One performs better than the other. The one that doesn't perform as well, maybe they did five more airplane trips around the world from Dubai to California. Mm-hmm. And there's a pattern there that horses don't perform as well because they're on an airplane more often. Yeah. Then you'd be able to see that. And they you know, in real time, those trainers will say, you know what? You know, the derby's coming up. I might not get my horse on a plane because I don't want them to, yeah, you know, perform like He's that. He's not going to Dubai yeah. the month before exactly. the yeah. derby. So they're just that kind of data that people wouldn't originally think of or yeah. notice will be brought to light because or, of AI and then the yeah. data that's being collected. Even if they did think or notice of it, they had no actual proof.
0: proof. Yeah, It was just, oh, I think they don't do well. Um, one of the things I looked in was talking about putting all that kind of stuff on the blockchain, mm-hmm. um, having it being open to everybody.
1: Yeah. That would be really interesting. Yeah. But, I mean, it's going to be applied to other, other industries before it Yeah, before It's really applied racing. to horse racing. But, yeah, you can definitely think of applications like mm-hmm. breeding, you know, yeah. I mean, that's a huge one. Genetics, and yeah. And being able to track the entire family tree of a horse in a really accurate way, and yeah, you know, all of that would be really cool. I'm sure they already do that, but you know, I'm sure blockchain will change that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of some stuff from the, like the owners' end and the the horses' connections. And um, another cool thing that I came across was the Churchill Downs app. Did you know about this? I've never had it. Never used it. Either. Yeah, I when I went to the Derby two ago, I didn't use it. Um, that was when they debuted it though, and I didn't even hear about it. Um, but it's the concept is really cool, although the reviews are not that great uh, oh. on the App Store. But you can you get a whole map of Churchill Downs that can help you navigate it. You can mark where you park, uh, which is really cool. But you could order food and drinks to your location, oh. uh, or you could order them for pickup and skip the line. Um, a lot of stadiums which, are starting to do that. Yeah, just the, the convenience of that. My sure. my big thing um, with any application, any consumer facing business is I try to think of the convenience factor. Um, that's just so cool because anyone who's ever been to Derby, it, it is a madhouse. Sick. Yeah, it, there's 150,000 people there. Yeah. No, no everybody's, NFL stadium. And
1: everybody's trying to drink at the same time.
0: Yeah, no NFL stadium fits 157,000 people. Yeah, it is
1: ginormous. Yeah, it's. Crazy big. The um, only event I can think of that I've been to that's actually a lot bigger is Indianapolis 500. Is it? It's like 500,000 people. Oh, my God. It's wild. I didn't realize. That. Have
0: you ever seen? Oh, I guess you were there. Yeah. Uh, I've only ever seen um, a NASCAR event. um was Daytona. I went by. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't there. But just seeing the the grandstand um, and just the size of it. Yeah. It's insane. It's crazy. Um, it's just so many people, and it's. I mean, we could have a whole nother episode just about the economics of that because those things are empty except one day per year. Like, same with Churchill, like, yeah, they have other races, but they never, I mean, it, they it can feels, make up
1: for it on one day.
0: It feels empty because of how big it is, except for one day per year, yeah. Um, like, that's so cool. But going back to the convenience factor, um, just the, the logistics of. Ordering toward your, to your location or picking up um, the infrastructural technology that they had to do. I know they put in hundreds of, uh, of eye beacons um, to help determine your location and triangulate you. Um, and I'm sure they also had point of sale system uh, integrations where, you know, the concession stand had to realize, oh, we have an incoming pickup order. Um, how do we work that into our flow of concession processing with this giant line that's in front yeah. of us? Um, and scale that out where you have potentially a hundred thousand people
1: using that application um, on the high end. Yeah, I wonder what point of sale system they're using. So when you think about it, back in the day, you know, when we we're growing up going to these sporting events, you always had to pay yeah. cash. Yeah, and, take a, cash. and it was
0: just an old um, little machine yep. that they typed
1: the button and it popped out. Yeah, and you know, nowadays you got Apple Pay, you mm-hmm. got Square, you yeah. got all these really cool services. I, I'd I'd be interested to know what exact service. They use when they bring you the food and yeah. how you pay. I'm sure you pay for the, through the app, potentially. Yeah, yeah. If you have Apple Pay app. or something.
0: I mean, if it's coming to you, you have to pay there. Yeah. Um, I wonder. I don't think Square really has any big enterprise partners like that. I mean, that's a completely made up guess. I don't know that for, <laughs> for a fact. I'm sure they do. They're pretty <laughs> big. Company. I've never seen. I've been to a lot of stadiums and big events, and I've never seen Square or anything like that. I always see these, you know, those old like plastic. Card readers that are yeah. like rectangles they yeah. have to give you. Um, I've seen those, but think of if Square could integrate directly with the app and directly with the point of sale system, mm-hmm. um, or the person who delivers you the food has the little card reader and you just yeah. swipe it. Like yeah. having
1: enterprise, um, I'm sure they gotta be working stuff like that. On I mean, Jack Dorsey's a smart guy. Yeah, I'm sure they they've already done it or they're doing, working on it. Yeah, I mean Square was uh, at least the way I look at them really focused on the individual. You know, merchants and the the small, small business. businesses and, yeah. you, know, you know, create a really cheap solution for them that makes it easy for them to, you know, manage their finances. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, we could go. There's so many other
0: technology things. So that, other than,
1: you know, ordering food, what else can you do with the app?
0: Uh, I mean, mark your parking based on GPS. Um, navigate around. I believe that use the iBeacon
1: as well. Um, just because it's such a big I'll tell you, parking thing. at Churchill Downs is a mess. That I, whole I area when I went. is terrible. Yeah, you can park a mile away, and it'll still uh, be tough to find a spot. Really, that whole area is just uh, disgusting. I uh, my friend you got the University of Louisville down there, so it's yeah, packed with students. I'm sure. Yeah my uh, my
0: friend lives about a mile from the track, so when I went, he had people over beforehand. Um, so we were at his house, and then we decided to walk over. Uh, and we were walking down the road, and this guy pulled up in a golf cart, and was like, "I'll drive you to the front yeah. gate." Yeah, there's people that make a lot of money. Yeah, it. they sure they do. And then there's people that grill, and you can pay for that. Um, but we just had a golf cart ride down like the main street, heading towards the gates. <laughs> it was so fun. Um, I bet it was really bad this
1: year because of the rain. I mean, people were having yeah. to walk really long distances in the rain. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I know that they changed up the uh, they changed up the entrances this year. And they didn't have, except for at the infield gate, because um, that's lagging behind technology-wise, at the other gates, um, they didn't have people that were scanning your tickets. It was the the machine, kind of like Disney World. If you've ever been there where you just like put your ticket in, yeah. and it flies through, and it scans automatically, that, that they have that now, hmm. um, which I'm sure makes entering and exiting easier. Um, and it's just another
1: cool way that technology is making the experience better. Yeah. I mean, it's 2018. Humans should not be sitting at the gate scanning your tickets. Yeah, you gotta create a better solution. than that. Yeah, I think for the infield they still are because it's also like security. They can look at you while yeah, they're scanning your ticket. Yeah, make sure your you're t- not you know, blackout drunk. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you don't have a whole bottle in your pocket.
1: Yeah, <laughs> which in Darnley Oaks, most a lot of people are. Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's met- in their vineyard <laughs> vines. <laughs> Pretty shit. It's a shit show. <laughs> um,
0: cool. So yeah, I think every year. Um, there's going to be more and more technology at the Derby, um, and I, I think it just underpins how technology is
1: impacting every part of our life, and I think we take it for granted. Yeah, um, yeah. and it's it says something that's such a traditional, old school sport, yes, is having to embrace it. Yes,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. I don't think Churchill is at Churchill Downs. The the track is as traditional as Keeneland or Saratoga, um, and I'm sure a few others. Probably out of necessity because they they need this technology. Um, But still, the industry as a whole is just, you know, very conservative, very old school, very traditional. Um, And it's cool to see how even they are embracing technology to improve their events and their systems and their industry as a whole.
1: Yeah. One thing I I noticed just watching the Derby was I saw a commercial that I've never seen on any other kind of programming. What was that? NetJets. Really, <laughs> it makes complete sense if you think about that's it. That's the Uber for jets, yeah. basically. Private right? Private jets, Right. Mean, Uber yeah. for private jets. Yeah, which makes sense. And I, I said, you know, I was with my family and some friends, and I was like, you know, being from the advertising world now, that's the this is like one of the only programming, you know, mm-hmm. that they can put that on that and golf. probably. I'm sure the average viewer has a high net worth. Yeah, for the I'd dirty. say so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know, there are a lot of people that for some reason, I guess it's just a tradition of it. A lot of people that have. You know, a good amount of money, love horses. Yeah. It's just a traditional high class kind of southern thing. I feel mm-hmm.
0: like. I wonder why that is. I mean, it it takes a lot of money to get into the industry, obviously. I'm um, sure it
1: you know, tracks way back. You know, the more horses you own, just property, you know. Yeah. The more horses you're own, the the more wealthy you were back in the day. Yeah. I'm it's sure. almost just like a symbol of wealth. Yeah. And it's just kind
0: of continued on. Yeah. I made I made the observation at Keeneland we were because we were watching the NBC feed, um, how, you know, they had Aaron Rodgers on and then they were interviewing Tom Brady, Epic. Yeah. And it's like all these people are all of a sudden are horse experts
1: and they all have their picks <laughs> where they're well, of the year. So no one talks yeah. about it. Another thing being in the advertising space that you start to notice. Yeah. They picked out very specific people that they interview mm-hmm. because either they're in the NFL. Yeah. They're on, they do NAS, you know, they talk a lot about NASCAR. Yeah. for un- During all these different events, you know, during the Olympics, NBC talked about NASCAR. Because they have Daytona 500, they have the rights to it. Yeah, and so you you start to notice a pattern that they start interviewing certain people Mm -hmm. and talking about certain things just because of the network that's hosting it. Yeah, NBC, you know, interviewed these NFL players because they have a lot of the NFL, you know, program the rights to. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good point. Yeah, it's really interesting. Circular selling. Once you're in the space, it's you start to notice those kind of things. Yeah.
0: For sure. So technology's everywhere, even in horse racing.
1: Uh, and next year, I'm sure there'll be more. Yeah, every every year you got to keep adapting. Everybody has to be a tech company. You know, Churchill Downs has to be a tech company now, and they got to hire engineers, just like they're hiring, you know, finance people or marketing people. Every company's got to be doing that. So, you know, Churchill Downs is no different.